Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to Hunters Hunted 2 Corruption. Join us as we tell the tale of four men bonded by their fear and hatred of the hidden monsters that reside in Washington, D.C. in September of 2009. Only time will tell of Jebediah, played by Adam B., Robert, played by Adam C., Walter, played by Chris, and Dr. Turner, played by Tillman, will survive together in this story ran by Andrew. Hunters Hunted 2 is a Vampire the Masquerade 20th Anniversary Edition expansion set in the world of darkness. If you'd like to contact us, you can find us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM or find us on Facebook at Twin Cities by Night. We hope you enjoy. Uh, where we laughed, last left off our um, group of emotionally scarred heroes, they were discussing the case that had been handed over to Robert and trying to kind of help him out a bit. It's been a while since he's actually been, you know, something that's not guest duty. You know, he's been having to deal with uh, an actual investigation for the first time in a, quite some time. So they're, they're just kind of uh, easing him into it and putting him at ease and, and talking through his, I don't know how, how to call it, nervousness. So we're going to pick back up there with where he had shared the files that would definitely get him fired if anyone found out he was sharing this with just civilians. Okay, so yeah, Robert at this point is definitely, as you guys are taking out the whiteboard and kind of uh, we're, we're jotting stuff down, kind of mapping out this case on the whiteboard, He's starting to feel a little bit guilty about about showing it to you guys. Um, just kind of recognizing the complete unprofessional nature of that and recognizing that he would definitely be fired if anybody that he works with, you know, found this out. But it's kind of the only way he's able to handle the stress of of taking on a, a case at the moment. Um, so he's, I mean, he's beyond rusty anyway, so he, he generally does, uh, appreciate what's going on here right now. And I mean, also too, like you have leaked information. I know to me before, you know what I mean? To, to go ahead and, and, and for my YouTube series. And I would almost say like that we have all worked together to, to work on solve on something before. And, and I would, I would even think that maybe Robert could rationalize the fact that like, while he may be. You know, like breaking procedure that we have all four together have have taken on much greater things, you know. So this is something that probably, you know, like we could help you solve so you can get back to hunting these bloodsuckers down, you know. That's right. And um, Robert would definitely kind of see you guys as um, not uh, I hate to think of him as like a double agent because he definitely would not want to consider himself as, um, you know, as as being like a traitor to his agency or anything like that. But he definitely uh, believes that the group has the right, um, the right goals. His, his goals and the group goals are the same. And sometimes he doesn't feel like his goals and, and the, the Bureau's goals are, are always the same, but he is still loyal to that. Uh, but he definitely does feel like the group um, has his, the same interests that he has in mind. So he, he has no problem 
could part of this be because the weed that you smoked with me is starting to get you a little paranoid about like sharing very information paranoid right now he's immediately just thinking of uh random drug tests uh what the fuck was i thinking and this probably isn't the first situation where robert has kind of um uh fallen into temptation with something that uh walter has offered him uh i like to think that they've definitely done cocaine or speed together a few times and just you know just just poured through information. Um, yeah, so Robert slips up. Uh, it's definitely not the first time, but he's absolutely feeling very paranoid. Uh, it's hitting him very hard because he, he he doesn't smoke marijuana, so he's extremely paranoid right now. So question, storyteller, before I guess we continue on with the scene, just to kind of like decide what's going on in Walter's head at the moment. I was supposed to meet up with someone at the Smithsonian tonight, right? And what time is it now? And what time was that meeting? It's, I believe we left off around 7 p.m. ish, and it was at nine. So you had a couple of hours, and uh, you had also, I don't know if you recall, thought about inviting them along, like to kind of watch your back. So, exactly. Okay. So I'm going to, like, while I'm standing at the dry erase board, I'm going to look at like the stuff, the information that we wrote down already. And then I'm going to be uh, for a second. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a deep breath. I'm gonna look at you for, and I think maybe like part of Walter wants to change the subject because I, maybe he can see how like right now how Robert is like you know being bothered. I don't know if Robert's trying to hide that he feels nervous or whatever, but um, he's gonna look at you three and be like, so I I don't know. I mean I've told you before about iris you know about this lady that came into my life who once i met her i kind of found my found my career slipping you know and i told you gregory uh, earlier about how women are just distractions and i do still believe that but i someone called me this afternoon before you three came here and i'm scared I, 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 not that the individual threatened me, but they told me to go meet them tonight at the Smithsonian and that they have information on her. And I don't know what to do. I know I need to go, but something inside me, this has stirred up some kind of emotion inside me, gentlemen, and, and I don't know what to do right now. And I have a favor to ask of you three. Would you come with me to this? Don't You don't need to be there. You don't need to like talk to this individual with me, but if you could be in the crowd or kind of watch from a distance to make sure that nothing happens to me, I would really appreciate that. Well, we're not going to let you go alone. And Robert, again, you show me why I always consider you a brother. The thing that worries me is how they got my number and why they are calling me. What happened to her? I don't understand. She just kind of disappeared out of my life, but now there's something more sinister to this, I feel. What y'all mean crowds? Ain't that place closed at nine? But yes, I guess it, it might be closed at nine. So maybe we need your skill set. No, like I, I, I don't know. What do you think? How do you think we should handle this? Um, I think we should wire you up, and maybe one of us can stay in the background and do some recording. Maybe take a couple of pictures of whoever you're meeting. Why don't we all just pretend we're dumb tourists? Just to we clarify something really quick. The message for you was specifically to meet them outside of it in the front yeah it'll be outside gentlemen so that's why i think from a distance i like the idea of a wire we could do that the thing that 
I honestly think is more your expertise, Jeb. And and I don't know if you think we should take it this route, but do you think we should bring firepower with us? I mean, I ain't going nowhere without my duffel bag. I mean, I could I could bring some guns. I mean, you want you want like a grenade? I got I got some homemade landmines. Wait, hold up, hold up. I think I got a fire fire flamethrower back in the back there. I mean, wait, uh, let's see what else I got. Jeb will get up and walk towards the armory, muttering to himself semi drunkenly as he goes. You'll see when Jeb mentions a flamethrower, like like my interest is peaked for a second, and then I'll be like, Jeb, I just if you could just have my back, that that's what I'd appreciate. Gregory, do you have any kind of wire technology that we can use? Uh, I think we can improvise something with the stuff we got lying around here. Uh, I think that's a good idea. Mainly, I think uh, someone should take pictures of whoever that is. Obviously, this is some kind of suspicious individual. If they found out your phone number without you ever giving it to them. Hello? Um, maybe we can do search maybe hey maybe robert can do a search in his department yeah i like that i like that idea um and i go and i kind of like go up to robert and i kneel down in front of him you know just kind of look him in the eyes because robert this is a time for you to shine right here do you think you could take these pictures for us kind of get back into your groove absolutely i think i got a camera out in the trunk uh i'd be happy to check the databases tomorrow too but for tonight yeah Let's get your mind off this case, all right? Let's get those wheels moving again, all right? Let's get you back into your game, Robert. I think that's uh, this would be the best thing for you right here. And who knows? Maybe once we, after this meeting, you'll be hit with some inspiration. And do, if you if you're feeling a little tired, Robert, I know that marijuana that you smoked is a rather strong strain, but uh, I have some cocaine if you would like. If you feel like you need a little pep in your step for this. Jesus, Walter. Everything done in moderation is perfectly fine. You understand that, right? Cocaine was a perfectly accepted household um, good that was used by people. It's just once people couldn't moderate, uh, couldn't use it in moderation, that's when it became an issue. So, you know, a little bump before we go uh, might be good for you, Robert. Just let me know if you need it, okay? He, he kind of shakes his head dismissively at you and kind of just tries to... Uh tries to get up and, and brush himself off a little bit and collect himself to go. Um, once he stands up, you, you can, his face at this point is probably uh, very red and flush, and he he's probably has some, some sweat on his forehead. And uh, you can, he, he definitely looks intoxicated a little bit at this point. Hey, Jebediah, do you think uh, Robert here, I don't think cocaine's going to do it quite. Do you think he might need uh, some uppers, or what do you think, Jeb? From the armory. What y'all talking about? Hey, I got a nail bat. Do we want to bring a nail bat? I got this uh this this machete that can light on fire with this other stuff I made. You want me to bring that? I think Jebediah, we are gonna be more in inconspicuous sneaky mode. So we're gonna have to kind of fly below the radar. So whatever you think may help with that, I think the flaming machete might not be an optimal tool for this exercise at the moment. I Let's, think I got like some solid offs. We could use those. Yes. Flare gun, I think. Flare gun. I'll leave it to your expert hands. Is that why we need a flare gun? Is there, there a boat involved here somewhere? No. But it's a short range incendiary. I mean, I got a few. I can bring some. They don't cause as much, well, attention. And it fits the tourist thing. 
Okay. Just the thought. You're the expert. Why, why don't we just bring some like nice pistols and I'll, I'll, one of us can have like a shot, a solid off shotgun. And, um, you know, we can, uh, we can just sort of work it from there, guys. I mean, I got knives and maybe even that nail bat or something. We could just toss it in the trunk. I mean, whose car are we taking? I think you all should follow me in whatever vehicles you may choose. Maybe you all three could ride together and follow me in my car. Does that sound good to you three? We could do that. I got no problem with that. I mean, I might have to empty some stuff out just in case we have some trouble, but it should be okay. All right. Uh, so go get your wire set up there, Gregory, if you wouldn't mind. Um, go. I would say go get your camera, Robert, if you could, from the trunk of your car. Uh, but here, and I, I motion Robert to get up. No, no, come, come on, come back into my room real quick. I got something for you before you go get your camera. We'll meet he out looks front both ways and kind of, kind of just like follows you. We'll meet out I, front like in fifteen minutes, Jeb. And y'all want one of them last critter burgers before we go? Because I'm going to toss them in the fridge. Anybody still hungry? No, thank you, Jeb. You sure, they're damn good. I'll pass, Jeb. Thank you, though. Maybe tomorrow. All right, I pat my stomach in the kind of I'm full motion. And while I walk off with Robert, I'll whisper in his ear. There's even some lines I won't cross, and I just like walk back to my room. Uh, Robert, and as I close the door behind us, I go to my chest. I have like a foot locker, and I open up my foot locker, and probably within there, you see little baggies and pill bottles and all these different type of paraphernalia in there. And I'll go digging through, and you'll hear like the rattling of like pills or whatever and and, and bottles. And I'll take one and I'll shake it, put it to my ear. I'll pop it open and I'll put like one. Look at Robert for a second. How much do you weigh, Robert? Hey. I don't mean to be insulting. Give me a couple of those things. <laughs> so I put like two in my hand and I hand them to you. Uh, Robert will look at them and say, huh, it's the same thing my son takes. And then he'll uh, he'll swallow them. Many fine artists in the world of music have used just what you've taken and been hit with inspiration. People such as Elvis Presley, Johnny Cash. And I feel tonight, Robert that you too will be hit by inspiration. Now, go get that camera of yours and let's find out what this phone call was all about. Right, so with that, you leave the whiteboard with the various different churches that had these murders occur at them. Uh, these priests that were killed and the connections that are being drawn between them and the notes that you guys were taking. And you gather your things. Tillman, you said that you're gonna get like a Bluetooth adapter and just kind of hide it in a shirt, just something simple. Yeah, I think Walter probably has like an iPhone or something. So I think I probably could Jimmy rig something where he has a Bluetooth microphone hidden in his shirt pocket or something like that. And the you have to stay iPhone like, is set to record. Maybe you have to stay like, like 20, 30 feet away or something so you're within signal range. Yeah, I'm not even sure uh, whether there's a call going. Uh, I think the the phone could just be set to record something. I just mean so that you're within Bluetooth range. Oh. You might have to follow behind or something. Well, no, I thought uh, his own phone would be recording. Oh, his phone. Oh, I see. Yes. So he just basically has some recording device uh, that we quickly made up on the spot on his person. Sure. That's fine. So the Smithsonian Museum is this large kind of like grayish building. It's like right smack in the middle of downtown. Like you can see the Washington Monument just just close by. The the river runs 
near near enough to where you can walk to it in just a few minutes, you know. Uh, just across from the building, there is like a park, like an open kind of area that a lot of people will just kind of sit down in the chairs underneath like their little uh, umbrellas and relax. You know, one side of the street has parking, the other side is kept clear, the side closest to the museum. And there's, even though it's later, there's still people out, you know, it's not, you know, super populated, you know, there's not large masses, but it is a weekend and uh, it's a nice night, night out. So people are, you know, outside enjoying the weather, enjoying the, the environment. You guys kind of describe to me, you know, how you approach this. What's the car situation going to be? Are, are we all, um, so I know Walter's going to go separately and then we're probably going to tail Walter as a group. Um, so what's the, are we going to, you know, I'll be in one car, two cars. Like what's our car situation going to be? I think for, I mean, just my opinion out of character, I think like the, I think the best strategy is to have you all three together to avoid, you know what I mean? Just to, I don't know. That's my, I would think have you guys three, like, riding jeb's truck following me you know what i mean in case we have to like get out of there quickly we're not like all trying to jump in four different cars or i don't know what do you guys think yeah that sounds good i vote jeb's truck jeb's got room but you might have to move some animal parts out of the way due to the distance takes you guys maybe 45 minutes driving through town to get to the museum it's like i said it's it's nice weather it's not it's not too cold not too hot it's real Real comfortable out, and hey, there's pedestrians, there's people uh, at the park that's across across the way there. Where do you want to park? What do you want to do? I know me myself. I'm going to park just there because I don't want to like. I want to kind of in Walter's rationale, and it might be the speed you know that's making him feel this way, but he doesn't want to come across like he's being sneaky to whoever wants to meet him, he, and he's hoping that if he drives there with his car and kind of is like not trying to hide his movements or come across that way that the person, whoever is coordinating this will pay more attention to him than maybe potentially whatever his friends are doing from a distance, you know? So he's just trying to be like, okay, I'm driving to the, you know, to the closest parking area that's up by front where he wants to meet. I'm getting out. I'm pretty identifiable by my looks. I'm going to walk there and hopefully he'll be so zoned in on me. He won't notice whatever the three are doing, but I trust their judgment at this part because I've had my lives in their hands before and I've walked out unscathed. So I'm sure hopefully the trend continues. Yeah, I was going to park in front of the nearest bar to the Smithsonian and uh, walk over from there. I'm not really sure where that would be. I, I didn't look up bars that are nearby the museum. So we can say that, it's not very far in the world of darkness. You might, it might be a little bit of a walk, but it won't be too bad. That's fine. I'm not against a little bit of a walk. Plus, and, we'll uh, a chance to sight out the area as we go there to see if there's any other backup or any other suspicious characters keeping an eye on the museum as we approach. The other guys follow suit, I imagine? Yeah, definitely. I'll, um, I'll, I'll have uh, kind of like gotten my camera ready a little bit. Um, at this point, I'm still probably wearing like the, the black suit that I, that I usually would wear at work. So I kind of don't want to stick out like a sore thumb. So I'll probably have taken the tie off at this point, but still, you know, uh, but just like checking the camera and making sure, you know, batteries, just making sure everything works and stuff. I was just doing a little bit of looking at the map here. It looks like you guys might have to walk a couple of blocks. Maybe there's a bunch of museums in this area that this one's kind of like in the center. 
but you will be able to get there within a reasonable amount of time, having a look around. Uh, again, there's like this stretch between the museums because on either side of this like open like lot almost, it's this huge, massive like green that is between, is like the size of these buildings themselves, this open lot that kind of stretches between two lines, two rows of different uh, muse- uh, Smithsonian museums and just this open area where there's a lot of people congregating. Uh, since you spe- specified, you know, you're kind of looking around and observing, you can use uh, a perception and alertness role uh, if you want. Uh, the three of you can, yeah. I'll just say it's a difficulty of six. Got one. Damn, four successes on four dice. I have three. Four, three, and one. Okay. With one success, you're a little bit more concerned with like the state of your camera. You're kind of getting that, uh, you're like, make sure that's okay. You're still looking around. So you see that, oh, there's people, no one obviously immediately threatening, that kind of thing. Three and four, those are pretty close together. I'll say that uh, you're a little bit more observant of your surroundings. You're watching people. You can see that uh, there's there's some people like walking their dogs. There's some people who are just out like playing with like frisbees in the in the lawn. You know, there's there's there is some there's some pedestrian activity, but it's not it's not really super crowded. So yeah, with the three and four successes, uh, you don't see any like you know. There's nobody who's like obviously threatening. There's no one like. That you can see that looks like they're like maybe carrying a gun or anything like you no know, suspicious like standing by and you know just walk, standing around observing but but one thing does catch both of your attention and there is a vehicle that is parked and sitting outside the museum just a little bit down the way that is on running not moving it's in a parking spot it's not on but all the other cars are off you know people are out and about but this one there's somebody in there Tinted lens, uh, tinted glass, can't see too well. It's getting a little dark. So you do see that. What kind of vehicle is that? Like, um, I'm not looking for a model number, just the type. Like, like a, it's a, like a black Cadillac. Okay. But uh, the two of you do see, see this. It's like, okay, you know, there is a car. That maybe hey, there might be something. Hey, y'all, you see that? You see that caddy over there? Sure thing. Looks like uh, looks like it might be some sort of getaway car or maybe some sort of observer. Guys, not in the museum dropping something off. That that's not maybe. the case right now. No, I don't think it is. This late in the evening, I think something's going on. Let me shade the caps. Best case scenario, they're waiting to pick something up or someone, but maybe. don't want it to be Walter. All right, so Walter, you park nearby. You get out. Um, again, there's like this a big open space in front of the museum. You know, there's uh, these two like weird kind of like tent sort of things that might usually have like where people can sit down around underneath them. There's not too many people there. You know, those like things, the, the metal poles that they have like stuck in the ground to prevent cars from like driving up through so that they can't approach the building, but pedestrians can walk through. And again, there's some people around the manicured like lawn. Where do you go? What do you do? I hesitantly walk towards the front because, I mean, to be honest, through Walter's, you know, years of being a legit reporter and White House correspondent at one point, <laughs> numerous stories about the corruptions of D.C. Uh, but now that's like his feelings on that are like a thousandfold because of him knowing about these creatures that manipulate from the shadows. So right now him, he feels like he's in the out of the comfort confines of Jebediah's house in his bunker. And he's thrown in like the middle of a nest of snakes. 
you know, and so he's very, and it might be the speed, but he's all very hyper vigilant right now. When he walks in there, he's just very like alert, looking around, waiting for any sign of someone standing there. But he definitely does not like being out in the open like this. I like that. I like that usage there. Nest of snakes. You approach over here, and there's like maybe there's there's this like you know modern art out in front of the building. It's just kind of, and you're just kind of standing around looking for any kind of anyone obviously approaching you. I will say to the other guys, you you see that as he approaches and is waiting, after a few minutes, a person does get out of the vehicle that you noticed before, and he gets out. It turns off. Person gets out. It's a African American man who's maybe maybe in his mid twenties, maybe a little older, maybe late twenties, could be early thirties, somewhere around there. Clean cut. He's wearing like these really like. It's like designer clothing that is also a little bit ridiculous looking. It's a little like the really super baggy, like kind of pants. It's like really, but really, really brand new, nice clothes, like clean white tennis shoes that are probably like $200, you know, just uh, really well-dressed in that certain kind of style that uh, stands out. He has like, uh, you can see like there's like some jewelry, a couple of rings and a uh, like really big gaudy like earring. And so you guys all immediately notice this guy, you know, because you were kind of watching that car and he gets out, locks his vehicle and starts walking towards straight, straight to Walter. Doesn't even like look around or anything like that. Like he's like, you know, trying to be shady or anything. He just goes straight up to Walter. He walks right up to you. You see this guy as he's approaching. It's kind of easy to spot him. Cuts right through any uh, pedestrians around the area. He kind of does this thing as he walks up, slows down a little bit, looks you up and down. Just kind of has a smirk on his face. It's like, my man, my man. You know, my boy T said you'd be here, but I didn't think so because there's no way. There's no way, man, you could be that fucking thirsty. But here you are. Here you are. I didn't know you'd be this stupid. Rarely am I at a loss of words. But right now you have that privilege to be one of the few who have me at one. What are you talking about? Oh, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, you got the message. That's why you here. I'm here because of Iris. Exactly. Thirsty ass motherfucker. Walter's generally like perplexed. You know what I mean? But he's starting to get like a little, again, it might be the speed, but he's getting a little like on edge right now. He's like, his teeth are grinding and he's just like looking at this guy. And is that something he would be trying to like hide? Is it something that like shows in his demeanor? Oh, it shows. It shows right now because he's like pretty frustrated right now because he feels like this is not the direction at all. He thought a conversation like this would go. He didn't even think like an individual like this would, would come up. You know what I mean? So, yeah, well, he's completely thrown off guard. Thirsty for what? Iris, man. Iris. Yeah, relax. It's cool. It's cool. I see you. I see you. Your hackles getting up, man. Just relax. And he kind of takes a couple of steps closer to you. He's, he's like within like personal range. You guys can all see him there uh what are what how are you all like reacting to this are you doing anything are you trying to be like inconspicuous like what do you what are the rest of you be doing i'm definitely uh you know snapping some pictures of the individual as soon as he steps out of the car um i would have also taken a few pictures of the car itself at this point i think i'm kind of just um just taking as many pictures as i possibly can uh the speed kicking in a little bit and just feeling a little bit um, anxious and paranoid and, and very interested. Um, yeah, that's. That, I think that's all. All Robert's doing. 
I'm gonna split off the group a little bit um, and try to walk along the sidewalk alone, like I'm just minding my own business, but uh, trying to pay attention to the license plate of the Cadillac and make a note of that on my phone. Jeb is going to look up at the Smithsonian like he's some sort of idiot while he uh, checks his gun in his pocket. So with all that in mind, Chris, go ahead. Where is Iris and what has happened to her? Whoa, 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 whoa. Slow your roll. Slow your roll. Get to that. We'll get to that. Promise you. I promise you. First, first, you need to understand something. We're here for an exchange. Okay? Nothing's for free. Now, as proof, my boy, my boy T, hook me up. And he, like, kind of pulls out of his uh, jacket that he's wearing, you know, like a denim, like, nice jacket. And pulls out, like, out of the pocket. Hits you, hands you a manila kind of folder. I'll, like, grab it all, like, fiercely from this guy's hands and, like, look in it right away. So inside there's some photographs and they're pictures of you and Iris. And you, you you even remember this day, actually, you know, it was one of the last times you saw her and it's just, you, it's, you guys were outside. It was a nice, it was a nice night. You know, you were just completely lost in like the conversation with her at the time. And it's just kind of weird seeing it from the outside perspective. There's someone, someone was watching you and you just kind of flip. There's a couple of different photographs of this. I take this was this is when I still had a good reputation. Yeah, a lot more clean cut, not as drugged out. Mm-hmm. So you come here with I mean, all keep looking, little... keep looking, keep looking. He's kind of like pointing with his hand. You gotta get to the back. There's a couple more pictures, and these you haven't seen before. This is not these don't have you in them at all. In fact, uh, this these pictures are just Iris. Yeah, I'm looking at those last pictures, dreadfully like dreading it. Okay, so there's a couple of different pictures of Iris there that are, um, you know, you look over them and it's just like, you're kind of taken aback at first, like, because it's like, you know, you're see it's almost like you're seeing her for the first time in a while, you know, because it is really, but it's a picture, you know, she's so beautiful, you know, just the the long, dark hair, the green eyes, the just the, the soft complexion. And she, you're just like, you know, it just takes you a moment to kind of uh, steal yourself. But as you're, but then you take the picture in and what it is, you know. And, you know, you see like, oh, that's that bag she likes. And wait, where is this? You know, like it looks like she's uh, in some sort of like hotel or something like uh, like it's through through a window, you know, like someone was like spying on her somewhere else. And it's just pictures of her, like maybe she's unpacking something like her her bags and stuff and kind of through a window. And so you're looking at this and you're like, you're going to kind of confused maybe. How are you feeling about this? Oh, yeah, I'm fucking confused. I'm, I'm real confused right now. Matter of fact, I think there is like this weird, like, you know, I would say for the most part, Walter's a composed guy unless he's doing like a YouTube video about a subject, you know what I mean? And like kind of like getting into it. But right now I would say that he, because it's, it's, I'm trying to like say this without sounding like making Walter seem like a dick. Right. But Walter was a successful white male, you know what I mean? Who was in the entertainment industry. So a for have someone, you know, an African-American dressed in that style, that aggressive coming up to him already has him on edge. You know what I mean? And then having like this guy say some weird riddled, you're thirsty, you're thirsty for her. Like, like at first acting like he's representing her in a way has him like for another angle. And then now he's looking at these pictures (laughs) and it's like, are you trying to fucking blackmail me? And what are you blackmailing me with? Because this literally is just me hanging out with her and then you're showing me she's in a hotel room so 
But that being said, and this confused, it confused and angry because he came here thinking that like he doesn't feel threatened. He feels like uh, this guy's like speaking to riddles and thinking he's having an effect on him right now, and it's not. So, well, I mean, it is to an extent. Well, yeah, yeah, it's definitely throwing him off center. He's definitely like this guy's at an advantage because he has Walter on tilt. You know what I mean? So Walter's gonna be like, "What are these pictures supposed to prove, young man? This proves nothing. What? What? Why am I here?" Oh. No, it proves something. It proves something. It proves we know where she's at. It proves I can tell you where she is now. At least my boy T can. He's the one who took the pictures. You know where she at. That's what it proves. It proves that you want to find your girl. I'm your boy. You see? So now we have passed the riddles and you've gotten straight to the point. Yeah. Yeah. You're catching on. You're catching on, man. So, look. This don't come free. It's a price you got to pay. You got to do something for my boy T. Now, I'm supposed to just let you take your time. Think about this first, okay? Keep them pictures. Look at them. You want to know where you can find her? Meet me again. And at this time, I want to have, like, all of you use perception and alertness. And so, Chris, I'm going to have you roll it at a difficulty of nine. But the rest of you get a six. One for me. Negative two for you, Adam. But I have three successes. Okay, so Adam, you're not going to be able to react to this at all. Okay, you're just you're just completely oblivious. That's fair to, to this particular thing. And Chris, you you just you don't notice. So in the moment, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're kind of like you're looking at this guy. You're a little caught off guard. That's why I was at higher difficulty. You know. So there is a vehicle approaching rapidly. It's not quite speeding, but it's going faster than the speed limit, like just barely. So it's like, it's like, it's, it's coming up. It's not, it's not, it's not hauling ass, but it's, it's, it's definitely like something that you would probably get a ticket for. And it's coming up real quick. It's a large kind of SUV and it's come pulling up the street. Right. And Jebediah, you're going to see the, how many did you have? You're one success. Jebediah, you're going to see this vehicle approaching, right? You're not going to, you're, you're just going to be kind of like, you're not going to get the extra details that I'm about to give to Tillman. <laughs> Let's just put it at that. So Tillman, there is uh, multiple people in this vehicle. The windows on the side facing the uh, museum are rolled down and there are guns pointed out. And there's just this split second of reaction time that you have. What do you do? How far away am I from the other guys? I didn't walk far, but I walked a little bit. Enough to where you're probably going to have to yell if you want to communicate if anything. Like yeah, you. that's what I'm going to do. And I'm not going to address anyone in particular. I'm just going to yell out, everyone cover. And so this car, this vehicle comes pulling up, this SUV, and it, it kind of slows as it comes to where, where these two are standing and talking. And just this hail of bullets come ripping out at them. Because because he he saw this and he shouted out to you, I'm gonna give you a dexterity and athletics roll to like try and take cover of some kind. Because at the last second, you look and see, and you just see gun barrels pointed your way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, what what's the difficulty? Um, it's an eight because uh, you don't have anything uh, immediately that you can hide behind. So I got two dice. So I'm gonna spend a willpower because my guy is like pretty determined right now to figure out. You know what I mean? Like survive. Yeah, obviously. yeah, yeah. Oh, so two successes. <laughs> you jump. You kind of just like instinctually, you see, like you hear this shout, this warning go out. You look and you're, you 
for a brief moment, you're like, oh shit, just panic. And you just dodge. Where those awnings that I described were at, uh, there's two of them on the other side of like the main like entry, the walkway. Um, there's kind of like a concrete kind of like rising that comes up about maybe like two or three feet. And you just kind of jump behind that. And there's just hail of bullets spray out, right? Just poof. people start screaming and they're shouting and chaos. You, you, you're safe. You are, you are just, you know, you dive behind this. Then almost just as fast, the vehicle just peels out and is speeding up and driving away. There's this uh, just absolute chaos raining up and there's there's people running. It, it just, like I said, the bullets just come spraying out and you turn and you look, you know, you're laying on the ground, you kind of look behind you. And this guy who you were talking to, he's on the ground and he's he's bleeding, but he's moving. Hello, folks. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts, or just media in general that deals with your favorite White Wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded, one which wouldn't be drowned out by random posts and discussion so that your media could get the attention you want? Well, we have the answer for you in a Facebook group we run called Weight Wolf RPGs Gameplay and Media. The group is specifically ran with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. We are currently over 1,000 members strong and we are continuing to rapidly grow with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there. High Level Games, the industry's first choice in taking your games to the next level. We are a podcast blog and new media network at highlevelgames.ca. We have blog posts about all of your favorite games going up five days a week and a podcasting network with actual plays and shows that discuss role-playing games with more rolling out all the time. We are on iTunes, Twitch, and YouTube. Find out more information at highlevelgames.ca, a site that certainly isn't controlled by a shadowy board of directors of otherworldly origin. That's highlevelgames.ca. Please, help. They're coming. Los Angeles metropolitan area is constantly growing and changing. The central district is full of new buildings. The Hollywood and Wilshire districts, once far from downtown, now are part of a which spreads past Beverly Hills and out to the ocean. Why is all this going on in Los Angeles? Why is Los Angeles 
an exploding city. Neon Masquerade The Demon's Mirror Thirteen Candles Three Chronicles Running Through the Undead Veins of the City of Angels The Esoteric Order of Role Players Actual Play Podcast invites you to drink deeply. Go to eorpodcast.com and search the Duets tag to find out more. <laughs>